Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 154th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. And I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And on today's episode, it is going to be very E3-centric with plenty of spoilers. So if you are looking to keep E3 as a big surprise this week, we suggest uh, staying off the internet. We need to bring in our usual co-host here, Miss Ellie Hart. You can find her at Miss Ellie Hart. And Salim Abraham, you can find him in dark alleys as well as at Salim TD. Wow. Welcome to episode 154. What is going on? <laughs> Fucking right in there with a dig and Sam. Just like, just like a little side swipe there. Opening oh. salvo. Just <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll wear it. It's fine. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? You good? We're, we're, in, a, we're in the middle of E3 at the moment. It's very exciting. Yes, we are uh, up to our eyeballs in E3 leaks at the moment. Um, it, is, it is bonkers out there. All right, so episode 154, I thought we'd start off with a quick question that I got uh, sent to me via Twitter user Keith Awin, and uh, it's on the back of a lot of discussions that we've sort of dabbled in here and there over the last few weeks, and his question reads, on the back of all this PlayStation Productions talk, I suggest we change it up. Tell us one film franchise you'd love to see translate to a video game. Oh, man. So, Dream? Damn. I just read that? Oh, dude. Black Mirror Season 5, Episode 1. God damn! Make oh, that damn. video game, baby. <laughs> you, just, you just want to see a Tekken porno, pretty much. <laughs> oh. I have no point of reference right now. Oh, it's okay. When you get around to it, Season 5, Episode 1, Ali, start there. That, or Season 1, Episode 1. That's always the best place to start with Black Mirror. But mm. then, yeah, straight to 5, Episode 1. Yeah, a bit of Striking Tigers, you reckon? Mm. Um... I would striking vipers, see, sorry, not tigers. I, I would love to see a Civ style Game of Thrones game, or like a like a Total War Game of Thrones game. I think that'd I'd be a do lot that. Of fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there. I'm sure there's players. one on like mobile. I, I know there's one on mobile that's um, in the vein of like what was that? What was that really popular um, mobile game for a while there? Where it is like you build a base and you have like little fantasy armies. Oh, Castle Crashes. Mm, no, no, not Castle Crashes. Um, Castle Kingdom. Something Kingdom. I don't know. Anyway, Some bullshit by Zen. Anyway, Total War RTS style Game of Thrones. Give it to me. What house would you be? Uh, I would be... Oh, it's a good question. I think I'd be... Um, the Lannisters, right? No, nah, I'd be like the... Um, the Greyjoys. The Greyjoys, yeah. I think I'd be... Or maybe uh, the tw- I'd be the dude from the Twins, the Freys. <laughs> I'd be, uh, I'd be yeah. a little Walder Frey. That'd be fun. <laughs> With your 20 million sister wives? Yeah. Or daughter wives, I should say. Yeah. yeah. There'd, be a lot of, there'd be a lot of opportunity there, though, to build alliances with other houses via marriage. So, already thinking with my total war hat. There you go. <laughs> there you go. What about you, Miss Hart? I was trying to think, like, what could be 
interesting um, based on my favorite movies. And it's really fucked up. But what about like a point and click adventure, but based on like seven? Oh, <laughs> that'd be great. You got to go find the clues and, you know, mm. put pieces together to figure out who the mystery Joe is and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure if you could actually technically still follow the story because it'd be like spoilers already, but... What's yeah. in the box? You click the box. Your <laughs> wife's head a. is in the box. <laughs> Press A to find out what's in the box. I've <laughs> seen Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> anyway. Absolutely fantastic film though. My goodness. Yeah, it's been oh, a while. My goodness. One of the best thrillers of this generation or even... Sort of last generation now, when you think about it, because it was '97, I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds there. about right. Um, yeah, it's like in my top five favorite movies, which is pretty fucked up. I know. Oh, but. and by far one of the top five sexiest Brad Pitt films. He's, he's oh yeah, so, like mm, scrumptious. Yeah, yeah, that followed was prime up, pit days. Followed up by Twelve Monkeys, Brad yeah. Pitt. Oh yeah, and and then Legends of crazy the Fall, Brad Pitt. Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt. I think is the quintessential Brad Pitt. That guy rolling in. Bareback on a horse with like shirt off and shit, man. Ah, oh, I used to have a shrine in my house dedicated to Brad Pitt. Wow, okay, that's that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, I moved in and it was reason. there. I moved in and it was already there. But then I became a convert. I was like, yeah, I can get on board with Brad Pitt. Did you add more to the shrine? No, but I used to pray in front of it. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit pray, high. Pray to I, was the a little, I was twenty-one. I was a little bit high. But it was uh, <laughs> a lot a bit high by the sounds of it. Yeah, it was, those were good times. What do you pray to Brad Pitt about? Like, what, oh, you, you, what do you just, say to him? Just trying to look more like him. Just how oh. do I do that? It's very hard out here for a, a, a Middle Eastern descent individual um, to to make it work with long flowing locks and, uh, and and a beard that just won't just won't stop growing. You know? I have so, a better chance. Yeah. So anyway. He helped me out a lot, though, spiritually, Brad Pitt. There you go. Shout out to Brad Pitt. Thanks, man. The Zen master. Legend. Just goddamn legend. Can't wait for the new Tarantino film. I know we're tangent. We're we're off on a huge (laughs) tangent here, but yeah. The the random gamers today. That's what's going on. Oh, Brendan and Ali, what are your games? Sorry. I'm the reason why we went on the Brad Pitt tangent. (laughs) Mine was seven. (laughs) Brendan didn't get to say his. That's right. Yeah, like... I've I've thought about this and I definitely feel the horror route would be a good way to go. And I think something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that sort of um, outlast-based mm. realm where you are yeah. defenseless and you're pretty much running, hiding, Leatherface is chasing you through, you know, the cornfields and the backwoods and the decrepit houses and all that. I think that could be pretty nuts. Like you just hear the chainsaw winding up getting close and... Him and his family coming at you. I think that'd be fucking terrifying. House of a Thousand Corpses would be great because you'd have different creepy people chasing after mm. you as well. Actually, I yeah. think Rob Captain Spaulding coming after you. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. So something like that, I thought. Um, I thought of going the other way and doing like, just thinking of like 80s or early 90s action films just as hectic first-person shooters, like doing Commando into a video game where it's just your Arnie going to save your daughter on some island and just mowing down hundreds upon hundreds of people. What mm. about like what about like Demolition Man with Stallone? Oh, oh yes. Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. Yeah, that'd be sick. Mm. Probably- What's your boggle? Well, hang on. That's prime time though that um, 
movies did get made into video games, whether they deserved them or not. So That was on the SNES. They did a Demolition Man game on the SNES. Because mm. ah. I was going to actually just be like, oh, John Wick. But hey, that is being made into a game. So Yes. 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 I watched John Wick 2 on the weekend. It was on Foxtel and I just love them films. Oh, so them good. Films. But one thing I noticed, especially in 2... <laughs> general population don't care what's going on like there's people dying in the subways and shootouts and people are just still trying to get on the train to get home like they don't give no shits it's hey, like the economy man you have to really suspend um like what is it you have to suspend disbelief when you're watching these films because um they make no sense like the idea that the secret society could work is never like it's not a realistic thing but it's fun it's so fun like that scene where him and common uh, like just shooting at each other through the waterfall. Like yeah. Through the, sorry, no the one water cares feature. around it. It's just cool though. There's just like little bullets going psh, 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 like through the water. That's that's yeah. that's what you watch John Wick for. Not, not and no civilian public, deaths no. in that scene either. Yeah, that's how good they are. Yeah, the yeah. professional kills. Come on. Yeah, come on. Mm. Come on. Yeah, they're expensive. On. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Tell us about uh, what you've been playing, what you've been doing this week. Dream, lead us off. I'm very much in the uh, nil category this week. Um, I'm I'm in the fantastic ramp up towards exams. So all of my free time is being dedicated there. However, I did find the time to watch Black Mirror season three, which I can season, season five. five sorry, season five. What did I say? I think John Wick three got me on the anyway. Um, so I too have watched those three episodes. I saw. Yeah, I saw that. That's something that you listed there as well. I might. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I also uh, found time to wrap up the solo content in Hearthstone. In short, fantastic. It, it really is. I think this is the best solo content to be released in Hearthstone. It's, it's been a slow roll. Over four weeks, they've released new wings in, um, in the content. It's, it's just been good. So again, 15 packs. You get a, a legendary, which is a lot of fun. It's not really like meta. Um meta worthy but it is it's a hell of a lot of fun to play with it's it's worth i think the i paid 30 dollars au i bought it off of my iphone though and i know that there's a bit of an added charge there so it's probably a little bit cheaper if you buy it in browser on pc um it'll certainly be cheaper in, in other parts of the world as well it's just really good it's a lot of fun um they do solo content in hearthstone really well i can't recommend it more um uh, but that's that's it for me brendan do you want to maybe jump in a BMS05. I would, I would be happy to. Um, so I finished a Plague Tale this week. Mm. So uh, really, really, really loved my time with that. Uh, anyone that missed last episode and wanted to get a bit of a feel of what the game's about, check out episode 153. We talk about it for probably 10 or so minutes last ep. Um, really, really great game. Very, very pleasantly surprised with uh, this little indie gem that's, that's popped out of nowhere from a Sobo studio. So give it a look. It's on... Uh, Xbox One, it's on PlayStation 4 and on PC. As I said, it's not the full AAA price-based experience, but you are getting sort of that indie AAA vibe akin to uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, is, is that sort of sleeper hit, I think, that's going to win a lot more awards come the end of the year. Uh, and it's definitely should be on everyone's radar. So uh, finish that. Outside of that, been playing some more Oculus Quest. Uh, still great. Still loving the wireless VR experience. Just been chucking anybody I can into it just to sort of experience VR for the first time. So uh, put my mum into the VR, put her partner Darren into the VR, watch them play like Fruit Ninja and the roller coasters and Beat Saber and all that. And it's just, 
hilarious but also adoring to see them just feel this instant level of immersion like game boots up and you just see him like doing little head tilts and looking around and yeah you hear these like wow whoa and reaching out to things and you know jumping back from stuff getting in their face and it's 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 such an underrated experience to see people that don't game or, or don't play vr or have touched vr or anything like that and then just head first into it and it just blows people's minds so it's it's been nice watching them experience that and then on the topic of watching uh, obviously handmaid's tale came back this week so watch the first three episodes of season three fantastic check it out watch the season finale of chernobyl this week must um you know must watch viewing can i show. Um, fuck that show's magic can i tell <laughs> you so i did the forever movie boys podcast last week and we did godzilla I actually did that on monday out now um they recommended Chernobyl. So I went home and I thought I watched season, like the first episode, but because of the way Fox puts them on, um, just on the dashboard there, I, was actually watching the, I watched the last episode uh, oh and it no. made sense. Yeah. But it, like the thing was that you could make enough sense of it that you would assume that that's like maybe a, a, an episode one episode. And I feel like I've ruined it. It was fantastic though. Like I, again, I followed along the whole way. It was really interesting. It's very, um, enlightening. Um, yeah. And then I watched a bit of the first episode and I could see they go to different places. It's not all just set in the courtroom, but fuck that. Yeah, it's, an, it's only five, se- five episodes, but it is fantastic television. Some of the best I've seen in a long time. get some information from you guys because I want to watch it, but someone let me know because they know me very well. They said, look, there's an episode where... There might be some uh, doggy deaths, so I haven't watched it. Probably. Do you want me to confirm this or deny this right now? Or, uh, yeah, if you can tell me what episode, if it possibly. I think it's the third. Third episode. Third episode. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that in that ep- in in an episode. I'm pretty sure it's the third. There is obviously a lot of animal deaths because of the fucking radiation yeah. circulating what? around <laughs> around no, Europe at the time. I know. Regardless of the circumstance, I can't handle doggy death. So um yeah. They'll so- they'll lead into it. So if you are watching it, you you will be you'll know what's happening in this yeah. scene. So you could look away for five minutes or whatever. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, but then it's I worth can, a watch. Like, I can start watching it then. Yeah, this show took me by surprise. Like heard about it loosely. Then we just watched the first episode. I was just all in right off the jump. Um, it's so well put together. The acting is fantastic. Knowing that it is based off truths is another thing. Like just mm. seeing this hardship and just the stuff that this society, like the Russians went through and what they were you know, trying to cover up the and Soviets, deal with and everything. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's something. It's but rough. Check it out. One yeah. million percent check it out. And yeah, Black Mirror, you said dreamy. Season oh, yeah. five, first three episodes dropped this uh, two days ago or something like that. So. I was- blown away i wasn't even expecting it and then i got a little update on my my phone to say netflix suggestion for you black mirror season five i was like yeah, yeah. oh man uh three episodes and we won't yep. spoil anything at all um c- should we talk loosely about the premises of episodes do you think that's okay yeah like we could say that the first the first episodes based around video game virtual reality funnily enough mm-hmm. um leave it at that the second one ties heavily into reliance on mobile phones dependency on social media then mm. the third one is about i guess looking behind the curtain of the whole celebrity thing 
uh, is probably yeah. the best way you describe them. Really good episodes. I, I think I think the seasons are getting progressively weaker after season three, in my opinion, though. But yeah, there was some good viewing here. They're longer episodes. They're all an hour each. Yeah. So it's longer viewing, but good little bangers. I um I really look. I really did enjoy the first two episodes in particular, and I think yeah, as we talked about maybe a bit earlier, the third the third episode seems to be the the weakest of the three, but it's still really interesting, um, and it's done really well. And I think in particular because that episode um, three looks at celebrity, and it's Miley Cyrus who's at the center of that episode. I think that there are some very interesting parallels between what's going on in the episode and what she would have gone through during the whole Hannah Montana phase of her life. Mm. Um, I think they're really smart. My favorite by far is the second episode. I think that um, what it does, what it sets up is essentially a hostage situation and where it goes and the characters it introduces and the level of information and detail that everyone has access to. Um, I just think it's so clever and so uh, interesting. And I think the thing that's particularly chilling about that episode is that unlike the rest of the Black Mirror episodes, which are set in some kind of zany universe, there's no futuristic sci-fi technology in this one. This is This could happen today. Um, yep. and it would, it would go down. I'm not saying it would go down the way it went down in that episode, but there's, there's no added sci-fi elements to this episode. It, you know, it's very believable that it could happen in today's, today's world. So I, I, I love it. I, I don't agree that they're weaker necessarily. I didn't like season four, but I do think these three episodes are a lot better and it seems to be a lot more focused than the last season. So I, I'm going to rewatch them. I, I, I just, I love them so much. Highly recommend people check them out. Ali, you have to check the whole thing out. I know. I'll yeah, there are some absolute bangers. Mm. Absolute bangers. Mm. I'll have to catch but up. But Ali, what have you been doing? I see you've been playing some stuff, watching some stuff too. Yeah, I've been busy at it. So I'm going to let the audience know it's that favorite topic you love me talking about. Destiny 2. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, this week they actually had a bunch of announcements and, you know, a lot of stuff kind of coming out this week. So um, it was pretty, you know, pretty hype, pretty hype. Um, so a lot of people from the Destiny community that might have fallen off, myself included, um, actually have jumped back on. Uh, Destiny um, or Bungie announced that they're going to be releasing some DLC in, I believe it's September. Um, it's called uh, Shadowkeep. And pretty much we're going back to the moon because the moon's haunted. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, everyone's kind of preparing for that. And um, there was also a bunch of details in regards to um, now that Bungie's their own, their own thing. They don't have to worry about the big A. They uh, release all the content based on what they want to do and how they do want to listen to the players and how they do want to provide. And, you know, they talked about cross-saving. They talked about um, creating... Um, free destiny 2 based content well actually destiny because a lot of the um content that they brought up uh, a lot of stuff is from destiny 1 where you know you wake up with your ghost so um they talked about that Jingle free bot. yeah oh, oh well you know what i didn't get that clarified but i'm sure they've already you know dubbed over him which is mm. sad later dink oh i preferred him anywho um 
so yeah, it's an exciting time for Destiny players again, bringing us all back. So I've actually been jumping back on. Um, I was very lost. So I want to give a big thanks to my little group of Destiny players who uh, got me back on and got me <laughs> slowly leveled up. Uh, and we will be looking forward to the new content jumping um, September 17th. So can, can I ask, when does it become mm. free to play? Uh, I think that will also be happening in September. Um, and it will also be moving on to Steam. Is off of yeah you know what as you were talking it reminded me and i i just opened up the blizzard um the battle.net game launcher it's still on there so is it moving off of there eventually surely it would be yeah so they're actually talking about moving on to steam um and the other thing is is that they've also allowed cross save so a lot of people who may have started playing destiny on their playstation but may, may be moved onto pc playing they can now like take their saves and save between you know, PlayStation, Xbox, PC and that stuff. So apparently Activision didn't let that happen. Oh, really? They got in the way? They implied. Mm. They implied. That would have tied into those bloody timed release agreements and exclusives they signed with Sony, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, Yeah. well. What, um... Either way... With with the free-to-play, sorry to... I I really missed all the news on this this week. Um, mm-hmm. Is that everything, including all of the expansion releases? It's not. Brendan's so, giving me a big old nap. Because <laughs> it's co- it's re- being referred to as Destiny 2 New Light. Um, right. And that okay. includes Curse of Osiris and Warmind. I think you do have to purchase Forsaken. And this new content, which is Shadowkeep, you will, that would also have to be purchased as well. So I think Forsaken is like 30 bucks, And this one mm. might be going for like 50 I think. Would but, you recommend um, it? I mean, Forsaken was pretty good, and okay. I Shadowkeep looks amazing, um, especially going back to the moon. We haven't been there in quite some time, and um, you're essentially what's ha- like you're fighting old bosses, so it's kind of like going through your nightmares, your worst nightmares, which is going through your old bosses. So um, it looks fun. It looks great. Um, I'm cool. looking forward to this, you know, this new avenue where Bungie's back in control of their content. So it should be good. Awesome. Yeah, there. That you can see the genuine excitement in a lot of those sort of developer diaries where they're, which you know, I recommend watching for some showing people. their enthusiasm about self-publishing this game and stuff, being mm-hmm. free of as you said the big, the big Activision Blizzard Activision sort of shadow over them. They're stepping out of that now and bringing out new content and the the cross save thing. I think is fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people are happy about that. You know, we we all know plenty of people that are big destiny or destiny 2 fans but they're playing on xbox or pc or ps4 but being able to now jump across those platforms with your save uh and your character i think is fantastic um for continually blurring those lines and being able to play anywhere as as the main buzzwords are around the industry so i think it's i think it's pretty cool and giving the game as a free-to-play model uh, i think that's going to really help get destiny sort of dug in like you know we've been talking about dauntless on and off the last couple of weeks as well Mm. which is a similar model free to play uh cross-platform as far as your saves that's where destiny's shifting towards as well so um i I think there's going to be some good longevity uh into this they they did sort of mention destiny 3 but outside of that they didn't say when it's it seemed very down the line like i think they're trying to breathe a bit more life into destiny 2 and more expansions so destiny 3 might not be till I don't know, 2022 or something like that, just spitballing. But uh, it's good to see that they've got this new focus and vigor and and trying to deliver the game that they want to release for for fans. 
No, 100%. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. Big Destiny fan, but I really, I hated the fact that I had to drop off because of everything that was happening and it was really honestly losing my interest. So mm. I'm, I'm glad that I've got the hype back. So mm. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for the new content and so forth. Um, Still one of the best shooters out there. Oh, oh I, mean, oh, I maintain so that um, playing the end of Destiny 1 with you, Brendan, and, and our mate, I think, is it Ben from Queensland? Not not Benny, but your mate, who was just an absolute gun at it. Anyway, just playing was it, that was, was it so Ricey? much fun. I think it was Ricey, wasn't it? Ricey, that's it. Sorry, Ricey. Yeah. yeah. But just even then, and that was like probably as the game was winding up and leading into Destiny 2. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's lots of fun, and I can, and you know what? In the same aspect, I can see why a lot of people would hate on it. I, I also didn't appreciate being constantly bombarded for money for new content and all the other stuff that kind of happens. So, yeah, looking forward to this new, new avenue. Ooh, yeah. Um, mm. Talking about a game that plays well, I played Kirby's Adventure for the first time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Kirby. Yeah. So I figured I actually pay money for that. You know. Nintendo Switch content uh, where you get those additional uh, SNES games or NES games, I think they are. Um, and I saw Kirby, Kirby's Adventures on there and I realized I've never played that game before. It's fun. It's a little bit of a pain in my ass, though. It controls really badly. Or maybe I'm just bad at it. Have you either of you guys played it? I, I thought I thought I was actually going to... Oh. I thought I was actually going to be like getting ridiculed for like really you haven't played that so nah like a, a lot of those old platformers they really do not translate to these sort of modern day ports like it was the same some of the controllers in sort of you think of when they did the Crash trilogy was a bit janky and a bit floaty and I can't really remember much like that was early nineties mid nineties I think Kirby's Adventure ninety three mm. ninety four something like that. So my my dexterity and, and muscle memory has obviously slowed from uh, when I was in my prime at probably seven, eight years old. Um, so I don't know how it translates today, but mm. I do remember dying a bit in that game as a kid. So yeah, I, think I can for certainly me, relate. Yeah, I think for me, it's more like controller mapping, I, I think maybe. It's just like coordinating between jump and then actually... You know how he does the floaty thing where he actually jumps yeah. and then he flies around? Yeah, my coordination. Yeah, dance. exactly. It was absolutely on coat. But um, I think I need to start <laughs> making a solid effort to actually just play all these like NES games that I never played because I was a Sega kid. So mm. There's some gems there. There are some pretty good ones in there. I realized I was, that um, Zelda was in there. I was watching yeah. a, um, a Metroid stream, uh, like a speed run the other day. Oh, yeah. um, and I never played any Metroid games. Man, they are so. They, it just looks so good, and so it was like it was super cool watching this guy just smash through it. It made me really appreciate speedrunners again. Like every time you see a speedrun, you're just like, "All right, I get it. You're great." But literally, the it's like every map, every part of the map is known. Every like little section, he had to blow up certain areas that aren't obvious. Just mm-hmm. crazy. Just so crazy to watch. Yeah. I should have got that guy's I, name and given proper shout out. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was about to say I watched someone do a speed run of um, Super Mario 64 and I've forgotten his name. It's like Binzi or something. Binzi. They do something dude, in that was... where they're like, they constantly like do that like bum slide yeah. hop or there's something, like, right? All... There's a trick. Yeah. There's all there's a ton 
a ton of tricks that they know where it's like if you press on this certain corner, what it will do is it will actually launch you right onto this star over here and then you can time it so then you bounce onto the other star. So you collect two stars one round. I'm like, what the fuck? Have you ever seen <laughs> a Legend of Zelda? Have you ever seen a, um, I think it's um, uh, Ocarina. Is it Ocarina? Ocarina yeah. Time? Have you ever seen Ocarina of Time speed runs? They they constantly like back hop, double double hop back because it's faster than walking forward. So the whole time you can't see anything that's going on. <laughs> you just see this like double hop back, double hop back, double hop to the side. It's so fucking hard to watch. But then all of a sudden it's like they're at the Deku tree and they've got the master sword and it's like three minutes in. You're like, what is going on right now? Anyway. Like two seconds, sorry. yeah. No. I, I'm gonna look. I'm actually gonna look for an Ocarina of Time speed run because this the six Mario 64 one blew my mind. So I I think it's like 18 minutes is the world record, Jeez. if I remember correctly. Yeah, oh, that's Lord. insane. That is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that is insane. <sighs> I'll throw in the quick two things that I watched, and so we can actually get into the news. Um, I watched the apparent shitstorm that was Dark Phoenix. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Shitstorm middle, confirmed, um, denied. What I'm going to say is that it's not that terrible, and I say that in quotation marks. Um, to me, it was very much like any of the other X-Men movies, not obviously including the Wolverine one. That one's epic. No, just the other X-Men movies. Um, I say it's not terrible. They could have gone with just not making the movie. <laughs> we could have done without yeah, it, yeah. to be honest. Um, but it's not terrible. Like You could definitely see yourself at home watching it and you know, having some pizza and stuff. Do you know the um? Do you know sort of the Dark Phoenix story lines and stuff from the comics? No. So from when I was in the like where I was reading the comics when I was younger, um, she already kind of went through all that and she was having like relationship problems and all that sort of stuff. So she already kind kind of been through that phase and people knew her mm. as Phoenix, like that being her other side. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you can you tell me? Does she does she destroy any any sons in this in this movie? If, uh, is that no. a massive spoiler? How, how okay. many suns are there? No, as in like physical suns that warm planets and solar systems. No. Because that was like part of how she got power, like was so strong and things. She actually consumed suns in the galaxy to heighten her powers. So she's pretty well, much not a fucking sun, gangster. Not a sun per se. Okay. Yeah. It, it, there's not really a lot of focus on that so much. It, to be honest, it just it felt like it was... Like, who could you give ultimate power to? Who would be the worst person? And it would be a conflicting young female who isn't sure about herself, you know? Like, yeah. So, yeah. It, it was really put Fair. off. So. I thought she was a bit older when in the comics when the Phoenix Saga happens. She's, yeah, she's in an adult. I thought so too. Yeah. I thought so too. I just um, think they ran also... out of... Sorry. Oh, definitely this movie's a last-ditch effort um, before, what, Disney? it up yeah before the before the soft reboot happens well, it got, yeah, yeah it got sold halfway through production though so they probably weren't even aware it was happening when they were writing mm. it at least yeah i don't think they were aware of anything that was happening to be honest <laughs> um, yeah so probably the probably a bad send-off but i wouldn't necessarily say it's oh it's the worst fucking movie it wasn't i've seen way worse movies so mm. like um, the dead don't die the dead don't die um this is like a i wouldn't say it's indie but like it was um a lot of people probably saw the trailer and thought it was a joke um a lot of good actors in it um just a very generic zombie film in the middle of the nowhere in country america the premise was good 
the execution was badly delivered and not even great actors could save it. Um, it's a lot of tongue in cheek and like they're obviously, you know, making a lot of fun on tropes, but there's a point where you kind of get over it. Does it, is same. it sort of like in the same vein as like a zombie land? Like a zombie land, like a Shaun of the Dead, like kind of like following the rule books, like pointing out the stereotypical things that happen in zombie films or horror films, like, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I, like with those films that kind of like make fun of it, they kind of get over it. With this movie, mm-hmm. I feel like they just really keep like poking Back to the you well. with it. Yeah. So unfortunately, after a while, you just kind of get over it, which mm. is a shame. I did want to like this one. So. Yeah. It's got old uh, Adam Driver as the lead in that film, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. It's got um, good old Bill as well. But Bill Murray. He's old. <laughs> yeah. He's old. Yeah. Can I, um, before we move on, did, did mm. either of you watch Deadwood, the movie? I haven't yet. I, have. I haven't. I, I intend to today and I cannot wait for I it. I love it. That's all I'll say. Thought it was That's really all good. I need. That's all I, I need. It. That just warms my yeah. my hang die heart right now. I cannot wait. Fucking hang die. <laughs> anyway. All right. So yeah, watch it. Everyone watch it. Rewatch three seasons of Deadwood and then the movie that just came out. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So so Miss Hart, would you on those two movies, would you say that either of them are worth paying the money to go to the cinema for, or would you just say wait till you watch wait, it online? Wait, yeah, stream it, buy it on DVD. I wouldn't go to the cinema unless you got like a free ticket or a half price ticket or something like that. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Fair cool. And um, both yourselves as well. Godzilla, you've now both seen that. You would you both say go to the cinema for that, or would you say wait and watch it on Foxtel or Netflix? I still only say go to the cinema because it's meant to be a big monster film. So I feel like you feel, you have to kind of watch it on a big screen, but go on Tide Us Tuesday. The, <laughs> or yeah. get a date to pay for it. Yeah, trick, <laughs> trick someone. Um, <laughs> trick someone. I, I, so I did an episode of Forever Movie Boys with Marche and Toby about this movie. And I... I, I suggested it and I felt awful the whole way through watching that film. Like, we, you know, we, we wanted to do a tongue-in-cheek one anyway and I thought this would be a good candidate, but by God, is it kind of hard to sit through. Um, it's, it's, it's the sort of film where, you know, I was pretty loaded when I was watching it. I got, I got very drunk. <laughs> but there were parts in the film where I was like, where are we right now? What, what's going on? Like genuinely not sure of the things happening. How did we and get I don't here? Think, yeah. I don't think that was the beers. I think that's just poor editing. But one of the things I will say, there are some good sort of kaiju moments. You know, there are um, there's some particularly beautiful imagery. I just feel mm-hmm. like the film probably leaning into servicing that a bit more. Not really worth seeing in the cinemas, but you know, if there's nothing else to do, trick someone and uh, and get out mm. of there. Um, but what it sets up, which is yeah, coming well, out well, next year, that I had no get idea tricked again, about, yeah. It's Godzilla versus <laughs> Kong. Mm. Yeah, like, righto, here we go again. <laughs> do you remember seeing right. that? I saw that with you, right, Brendan? King Kong Skull yeah. Island. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can't yeah. wait for this film. I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. Yeah, and, and who knows? Maybe we'll get like a Godzilla vs. Kong vs. Rampage crossover next and we'll see The Rock come back. I love that. <laughs> I love is that. that. Rampage Rampage is my favorite of these films so far. Oh, that's not saying much. It's No, just because like at least Rampage acknowledges 
somewhat the death of the civilians. Here's the thing. In Rampage, all these people die because of um, whatever the white gorilla's name is again. But no one cares at the end. In Godzilla, they don't even fucking acknowledge it. Like, there are kaiju monster titans going off in like 14 major cities. No one talks about the death toll once. You don't even see civilians. Not the death toll, no. Yeah. They talk. They they do mention briefly about like, you know, some people dying. Yeah, but then after that, it's like whatever. Yeah, it's like surely billions are dead right now, but not a word. Oh yeah, not a word. Anyway, anyway, sorry, didn't mean to go on that long about only only people caring about the action. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. They want the they want the flash and the sizzle and the pizzazz. Yeah. 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 And so we're going to give you listeners a bit of that right now with some of this. iTunes Review of the Week. And this iTunes Review comes to us via way of Grox Bletch, or Grox Bleck, who I actually know as JT over on the Twitters. And uh, the headline reads, The Real Deal, five stars. And the review itself reads, which is a fantastic read, I must say. Hey guys, I've been listening to you for a long time and love your frank and at times funny discussions around geek culture and gaming. What I'm most impressed with is that you are genuine and have a real passion for games. I'm also very impressed at how approachable you are on the socials too. I had a couple of questions about the Oculus Quest and you were quite happy to reply. Anyways, congrats to all three of the regulars in making this a podcast I love listening to every week. So JT, aka Grox Bleck or Grox Bletch, thank you for the review. These reviews certainly mean an absolute bucket load to us. As I say, it keeps those emotional lights on in our hearts. So uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us on your podcast hosting platforms, as well as reviewing all the podcasts in the hashtag 8Bit Collective, all those podcasts you just listen to generally because it means an awful lot. But what do you guys think? Is that one of the best reviews we've ever had or what? I think JT is super kind. Super kind. And obviously only talking about you there, Brendan, with the Oculus Quest. I think I look mm-hmm. at my Twitter once every three months. So <laughs> That's true. If you if That's you message me, dude, don't 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 be upset. I'm not ignoring you. I just I gotta I gotta be better, JT. And you make me want to be a better better man. Uh a more better a man. more a better a better respondent on Twitter. Brad Pitt wouldn't do this to his fans. I I'll step no. up for you, man. Thank you for thank you very much for the for the review. Yeah, that's a 100%. And, uh, and I'm hoping that our Oculus Quest you ended up buying has uh, landed at your doorstep and you are enjoying it over this uh, this past weekend because it is a hell of a time. Uh, but yeah, hit me up on the Twitters. Let me know how that goes because I'm curious to see your opinions on it as well. Uh, hopefully, I didn't oversell it and you're disappointed. I'm hoping you're feeling as good <laughs> well, as I was playing be, this quest. Wouldn't it be amazing gamers, if next week there's an amended review? <laughs> <laughs> the, the review is like one star <laughs> next week because of the yeah. Oculus Quest. Anyway, it Oculus Quest, more like Oculus Pest. Wow, that wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. One star. It's all right. uh, <laughs> Something else that is all right. It's actually, it is fantastic. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are 8 bit. Throw some cash behind us if you can. Uh, starting from $1, you get early access to the bi-monthly 8-Bit Cast. We just recorded the episode uh, episode 9 of the 8-Bit Cast, I should say, with myself, Ali, and Trevor from Bitstorm. And uh, we talk about things that we suck at, no matter how hard we try, and then flip the script and talk about things that we're good at that we assume we'd be terrible at. It's 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 pretty good and pretty insightful, and uh, we go down some interesting paths and tangents. So that episode will be dropping on 15th of June. And uh, episode eight will be released in full on June 15 as well. And that stars 
NATO and Celine the Dream here yeah. doing a very pokey-centric episode. Maybe give us the uh, the quick elevator pitch on that episode before we start moving on into the news. Um, well, NATO is the number one Pokemon master in all of Fremantle, and I'm the number one Pokemon master everywhere else that matters in the world. <laughs> uh, we decided to go head-to-head to see who knows more about Pokemon. Spoiler alert, it probably is NATO. That guy's a nerd. On po- like it's ridiculous the stuff he knows but i do want to say i got i got mine in there too i had a couple of really uh obscure facts that i brought to the table anyway it's a, it's a little bit of a fun competition between he and i to see who knows more about uh, a franchise that we love so much mm-hmm. yeah good listen and uh yeah thank you for everyone that is already supporting us on the patreon because it does mean an awful lot and it helps us cover the cost for these podcast hosting services and things like that so thank you to everyone that is already throwing your support behind us and if you can't support us uh monetarily just be sure to uh you know share the podcast you know circulate us amongst your friends and family because that will go an awfully long way to uh keeping us relevant in those charts as well so thank you to everyone there and uh one last quick shout out before we move into the news wanted to uh mention uh drew and bryce from the house of mario podcast for reaching the 100 episode milestone Woo! Yeah. big congratulations uh they're two of the best blokes in the podcast game you know good friends of ours 100 episodes uh in the pipe now so uh good good on them uh well well worth a listen it is I think their longest episode they've ever done. So uh, be sure to blank out the afternoon, get some snacks, get comfortable on the couch or in the bed, chuck them into years and let them invade your hearts for about two and a half hours worth of uh, House of Mario goodness. So uh, yeah, shout out to Drew and Bryce and the House of Mario podcast. Now let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. All right. The first few bits we're going to ring up today uh, is all about the leaks. My goodness, E3 2019 uh, is going to be less surprising by the minute. Uh, it seems every every hour or every day there has been leaks on leaks on leaks from various publishers and developers out there, uh, whether it be via way of disgruntled staff, just people peeking laptop screens on, on subway station rides, who knows. But uh, mm-hmm. the first uh, things that have come out of the gate, Bandai Namco, uh, the leak has revealed three games. Uh, two which are brand new, and one is a remaster. So Nino Kuni, uh, the previous PlayStation 4 exclusive, is getting remastered, and it's going to be available on the PC, on the Xbox One, and allegedly coming to the Nintendo Switch as well, which I think is pretty freaking great. Yeah. The other two, Tales of Arise, and the last one, Elden Ring, uh, which I think is pretty big time. Elden Ring um, is a collaboration between... From Software and George R.R. R. Martin. And apparently it's going to be, in quotes, uh, From Software's largest game to date. And it's going to be a fantasy action RPG adventure set within a world created by George R.R. R. Martin and um, Hideka Miyazaki, which is the Dark Souls creator. So that Ooh. one is pretty huge. Um, I, I think it's certainly the cherry on top. Can I tell you what uh, uh, like makes me mad about that leak the most? Someone needs to strap... George R. R. Martin, that motherfucker down, and he needs to finish that goddamn book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. I, I I don't want him suffering like a coronary, because he looks like he's he looks like he could have a coronary at any moment. I want that book, George. I don't want this game. Give me the book. I think he just waited. Winds of winter. <laughs> do you do you think the book's finished and he's just been waiting to see 
the reactions and how the show plays out and based off the potential positive or negative spin I, on that finale, changing his book slightly to get more fan service. I, I don't know that he's intentionally doing that, but yeah, I, I do have a very... Something doesn't sit right with me at all about the way that this has all happened, that the series was adapted before it was completed and he gets that kind of, that you know, that insight into how people respond to the ending before he's actually finished it i there's something a bit icky about that it feels a bit cheap but either way man just finish the goddamn book like stop just stop he don't care now he's got that hbo money and now he's got some from software money like he is just rolling in it like he don't give no shits anymore graphic for elden ring like i like it's just a very very simple graphic that they've released but it looks badass it has an it looks pretty metal doesn't it yeah it looks very metal it looks it does look like a cover of like some band that i probably would have bought i thought it was an eso yeah. thing at a glance i thought it was like an elder scrolls online thing for a moment mm. especially the the text the text oh, they yeah. used for the elden ring it's very elder scrolls lord or like rings. lord of the rings yeah mm. but yeah give me Give me a, what do they call it? A fantasy action RPG adventure. Like, I'm all about that. If, if it sort of plays similar to a Souls or a Sekiro, but it's a little bit more forgivable, a little bit more accessible, um, I'm all about that. So mm. let's see when we get this official <laughs> announcement uh, mm. this week at E3. Maybe a gameplay trailer, who knows? But um, yeah. I think that's pretty big. Did you guys, you guys. Uh, play any of the previous um, Tales entries or are no. you sort of pretty new to that franchise as well? Absolutely new of that franchise. Same with um, uh, Nina Kuni. I've never played it, but um, hearing it go on the Switch, that might be my opportunity. Nina Kuni is, y- you look at that game, you know how sort of where Pokemon Sword and Shield is going to now? Mm. That's Galar. where Nina Kuni was on the PlayStation 4 several years back. Like it oh. is. You know, nice open world, catching yeah. animals, battling them. Um, you do jump between, uh, you know, human human universe and this sort of mythological um, monster-based world as well. Uh, the, the great thing too is uh, they've got some writers from Studio Ghibli that puts, puts that franchise together. So it's got a really that. nice anime nature to it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down to play that again on the Switch. That would be fucking brilliant. Mm. That looks great. I'll definitely yeah. take that opportunity. Yeah, some other uh, some other leaks. This big one for me, um, Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, uh, Gate, which yeah. which has been uh, which has been leaked uh, was based around the Google Stadia sort of uh, presser, which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. But uh, yeah, they they showed a, a pretty impressive CGI trailer. ran ran about two minutes. I have no skin in this franchise game, but the trailer certainly made me sort of stop for a minute and pay attention and go you know what? i need to check what this is about so oh, talk to a few guys online nato messaged me a little bit about it and it's <laughs> you know D centric um mm-hmm. it is it, it looks Baldur's, great man yeah Baldur's Gate is apparently a place um based in um the D universe so oh it is yeah, yeah. i've played it i've played Baldur's Gate too I oh, played Baldur's Gate one it. and two. It was it, it's the, it's a very epic tale, but like I'm curious if that someone else is taking it over. Like um, the guys from Divinity, original, yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. original yeah. scene guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll do. So they'll I'm, do good. I'm curious. What? I think they'll do a great job of it. Oh, do- I thought you said they wouldn't. I'm like, oh, no, tell me that. No, no, um, no. I never played that game. I've seen people play it. I've seen people get really obsessed with it. Nato. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> 
I trust it's in good hands. If they're big Baldur's Gate fans themselves, mm. then hopefully it's going to be great. Yeah, it's yeah. like to say that it's set within D and D. Well, the D and D universe is like it's it's totally true. Like it's one of the. Oh, I'm not an expert on D and D games, but um, I did the character creation for Baldur's Gate two only a few years ago because I was just I don't know I had like a weird itch. It's so dense. It's so dense. It's as dense as doing character creation in D and D almost. Um, and yeah, it's it's like it's the most complicated Diablo style game. I say that and people will probably cringe, but like it's a nice metric um, RPG. I get- it's incredibly I get it. dense. It's like it's it's just. I remember a guy selling it to me in like 1999. He's like, "Look, if you just want to click things, get Diablo 2. If you actually want to have fun and play, play Baldur's Gate 2. I was like, oh, Baldur's Gate had a fantastic yeah, story. Yeah, it had a fantastic yeah. story and wonderful style, like graphically and like just art design. It was really good. But it you're was dealing really, with really really nice. Even as far back then, you're dealing with things like people's nature, you know, like chaotic good, true neutral, true evil. Like it, it's got, oh, it's just got systems in systems. That's why I say the guys, um, who is it that does Divinity 2? Uh, what's the name of the company? Hang on. I forget. I forget. But I know that game is incredibly complicated as well. Having spoken to someone, <clears throat> NATO. Larian Studios. That's it. There we go. So I feel like, I feel like that's a good home for it. Baldur's Gate 3. And it does look cool. The trailer looked awesome, dude. There's like crazy void Cthulhu Yeah, mind flayers. Mind yeah. flayers, that's what they're called. Because that's, that's what got me. I saw that and I'm like, oh, hello. So I, I chucked it out there and I got bloody ran down in the streets for not knowing what that was and what, what this franchise is about. Uh, but I, I'm, now, I'm now up to date with what a mind flayer is and what this franchise is about and... It's a staple of the the D and D lore and all that kind of stuff. So I'm mm. I'm keen to see more of this. Um, I don't know when we will though, because this is on the back of sort of the the Stadia announcements, uh, which I guess we could sort of jump into and then jump back to a few of the other bits because it sort of uh, segued nicely from there. So uh, this this comes via way of Engadget by uh, writer Nick Summers. Google Stadia launches this November with $130 USD Founders Edition. Uh, and uh, Google has revealed pricing and availability for Stadia, its highly anticipated game streaming service. The technology giant will launch a special Founders Edition for $129.99 sometime in November 2019. The pack, available to pre-order now, will come with a Chromecast Ultra, limited edition night blue controller, in quotes, first dibs on a Stadia username, and two three-month Stadia Pro subscriptions, one for you and a friend. Stadia Pro will otherwise cost $9.99 US dollars per month and grants access to Google's library at up to 4K resolution and 60 frames per second with HDR and 5.1 surround sound. There will also be Stadia Base available next year that lets you buy and keep individual games. These purchases will be capped at 1080p resolution and 60 frames per second with stereo sound. Stadia will be available in selected countries, but sadly at time of writing, Australia not being one of them. Google also announced its first wave of Stadia launch titles and there is an absolute bucket load of games on there, some that have been out for quite some time, just a few worth mentioning. Uh, Doom Eternal, which will be sort of a day one release, 2016 release of Doom, uh, Rage 2, Elder Scrolls Online, Wolfenstein New Blood, Destiny 2, which is a free pack-in with the game um, at launch, Metro Exodus, Thumper, 
Farming Simulator, uh, the Tomb Raider uh, collection of games, Borderlands 3, Mortal Kombat 11, Tom Clancy's Division 2, so on and so forth. So, Final uh, Fantasy 15, you're right, yeah, go on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Google Google's event this past week, uh, Stadia. Uh, the price, I think, for the unit itself is pretty attractive. Attractive enough that I know that someone on this podcast may or may not have pre-ordered one of these bad boys. My, my, the benefits of moving country at a certain point in time. <laughs> Exclusivity, yeah. I get to bring that. Yes, um, pre-ordered. So, I'll get to see uh, what it is all about. Cool. Yeah, like like it looks good. The controller reminds me of a hybrid between an Xbox One controller and sort of the Switch Pro controller. I like the look of it. I like this limited edition night blue color scheme they're releasing at launch. I think it looks really sexy. Mm. Uh, the pricing looks okay. It's interesting that they're going to sting you $9.99 USD per month just to get upscaled graphics, um, the high dynamic range, then the 5.1 surround sound. Uh, but then sort of looking at that in more detail, uh, they've already released some numbers where if you're going to play potential for every 65 hours of gameplay you have on the Stadia, that's <laughs> going to use one terabyte yeah. of data. One terabyte, yeah. which is a thousand gigabytes for those people playing at home. Like that is an absolute fucking bucket load of data. So uh, make sure your internet carriers have been able to handle that kind of bandwidth. A little bit unlimited, yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm a bit iffy about, um, especially with it being like uh, you're paying for a streaming service. So, But I like the idea of it being accessible anywhere. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd play it on a phone. That's yeah. the one thing that they were pushing. Like, you can play it on the phone. I said, I don't think I want to play a really detailed game on my phone and just be squinting all the time. Um, but, you know, with the iPad or anything else like that, that would be actually pretty good. But um, mm. yeah, that uh, that data usage is absolutely terrifying. Um, there's also mentioned that using the controller. Um, if you buy the controller, like you might have to also have the Chromecast Ultra for it to actually be accessible with certain things. So yeah, yeah, that like some people might buy the controller and wonder why it might not work. Um, I've already heard misconception about people thinking that. If they get it, they'll be able to play 4K, but not have a 4K TV. So they reckon that there's gonna, there's, they reckon <laughs> you that fucking misun- idiots. Yeah, they reckon that misunderstanding is going to happen quite a lot. So it's going to be an interesting time. It's going to be interesting to see like everyone's experience with it, whether it succeeds or not. Um, I just want to, I just want to see how, how it, how it goes. Like I think it's a positive direction to go in regards to accessibility and um gaming on the go um but i with everything it's probably going to need a lot of fine tuning after the initial release yeah like i i think the cost is i think the cost points pretty digestible i think that's a fair price um Mm. for getting access to stadia and having your your sort of your all-in-one device via this night blue controller it's, it's interesting that you're only able to get this Founders Edition from the jump. They don't have sort of the uh, the Stadia base coming out with it as well to allow sort of, uh, I guess, offline um, savings to keep those individual games from a local perspective if you mm. are maybe starved of the old interwebs because you're going to need about 35 meg a second uh, download speeds to sort of get that 4K 60 FPS. So 
Uh, you're going to need some pretty healthy internet. And like there's parts of Australia that can do that, obviously. But yeah, it is very few and far between. But um, yeah, US, parts of uh, UK and Europe, uh, part of sort of that initial launch cycle for uh, selected countries. But yeah, November. So what are we now? June. So we're within a five-month release window of Stadia. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it's perceived. I'm curious to see how the initial run of pre-orders is going, if there mm. is a bit of an uptick on it, uh, if people are sort of going to jump on board. I want to maybe get one just for the sake of having it and being future ready and, and that whole FOMO. You know, I need to get in early to get first dibs on a Stadia username, as you know. So mm-hmm. uh, It's very important. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. What do you, what do you, What's your stance on this stuff, Dream? Um, I like, uh, look, I, uh, haven't seen the presses about it myself. Um, but just going off the details that you've sort of rattled off there and a few things I read earlier, it seems cool. Like I do, I do like the idea of it. It's definitely, I think the future of gaming, um, that it's, it's going to be streaming more than anything else. We're going to move away from hardware needs and, and go to the cloud, so to speak. Um, beyond that, like I said, probably a bit unqualified to talk too much more about it. I'm like certainly reserving judgment. I think that this is a bit of a milestone moment where we'll just have to see how it goes a bit like VR a few years ago, whereas it was coming back, Mm. it's like, yeah, it's great, but you know, you need adopters, um, are people willing to sort of, you know, get through the teething problems of, of, of what that is, that technology at the time, and are people willing to go through the teething problems associated with this? But I think they're doing everything right. I like the price point. I've got to say, I really love the price point. It's one of the big sticking points for me in gaming, particularly if you want to try and be across everything, you're spending a lot of money. You're spending a ton of money. So to to have something that's not going to cost another $400, $500 to, to sort of tick the box on, that's I think that's pretty good. That's good news for everyone. Yeah, I I didn't see where the pricing of the games were. Um, I I missed that or haven't sort of dug deep enough to see where that was. Did you yeah. see anything about that? No, I actually didn't. I didn't actually see anything in regards to that. That's that's the other element where I'm just kind of like, I really hope they offer more of a discounted range, essentially because it's a streaming. Um, experience so Mm. you are highly dependent on whatever is being streamed through the cloud and pretty much what's happening on their end so I could only imagine if you're still playing full price but not getting the full experience because of whatever so Mm. that's that's the other part I'm a bit curious about do you think they'll ever come out with a model like this where maybe they'll put like a, a rental service in for games where you could say rent a game for 30 bucks hypothetically and you get it for seven days access fuck that because i think that'd probably lend itself to a streaming service right you want you want to do what you you want to do what uh microsoft's doing at the moment surely you want you want game pass oh yeah well game pass would work too but like for for individual purposes like purchases i think could be interesting where you could hire it overnight almost like thinking back to those video days where they'd make quick bucks you know people think they can try and smack it out overnight and then they fail then they have to hire it again and again and again and again again i I, I mean it gives the option it gives the option and you know what it might not be too bad especially if you're actually taking a gamble on a game like it might be just shit but you do that with anthem players you, you, you can do that with movies now. Like you can rent movies online, get a yeah. digital copy for a set period of time. I hate that mm-hmm. so much. Like in a world where you've got so many good streaming services that are so cheap and accessible, 
and you've just got a world of content on them, why would you pay $20 to get a HD copy of a movie for seven days? Like the fact that it's so limited. People do though. That's I know, the I know they do, but I just don't think it's the best model. Um, and I don't think no. it's a particularly fair model in the current market, you know, when, again, when you can get access to so much for so little to, to have to push people that way. Like, I, I think there's something like, there was definitely something predatory about the way video shops used to do that shit, where it would be like, you can rent it for a night. And then if you forget to come back tomorrow, well, it's okay, but we'll, you know, triple it in late fees or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just I, I hate that idea and I hate that idea for gaming because games don't you're not going to get through anything in a night maybe seven days but you know who wants to limit themselves like that yeah I, I just think like knowing how some of these biz business big businesses work they might explore an avenue like that where it is uh, it is gross Blizzard? and predatory yeah, and, <laughs> and make some cash that way Activision Blizzard would yeah yeah I like the idea of doing a, a Game Pass equivalent on it where maybe it's you pay maybe you pay twenty bucks a month for that service or whatever and you get access to those those first wave of launch titles or something. I think that could be a good way to get a high uptake and a high early investment on the stadia. Mm. We'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to some other news, and this isn't really E three leaky, this is actually live from the E three sort of indirect show floor and this comes via uh from the ea play experience that's sort of going on over the u.s weekend so it started today which is sunday for us australians saturday for those in the states and we'll run through uh sunday and then trickle into a little bit of monday as well and uh it led off with 15 minutes of gameplay showing star wars jedi the fallen order Mm -hmm. uh what did you guys think of this I wasn't crazy impressed with it. Um, there were a few things that like were reminiscent of old games, um, mostly just using your force powers and such and the environments. But for the most part, I wasn't really like wowed or saw anything too new. Graphically, it looked nice, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like. Some of the character models looked all right. Like we saw Forrest Whitaker, who was uh, Saw Gerrera from um, Rogue One. So he makes an appearance in this, which I think was pretty cool. Uh, we see Cal, who who was uh, the, the lead character that you'll be playing as in the game, running around, um, you know, wrecking shop, destroying stormtroopers in a way, in a very wide, creative way, um, with his Jedi powers and doing pushes and pulls and throwing his lightsaber out and, and doing a whole heap of things. Like the combat looked pretty smooth uh the sort of action itself looked good some of the facial animations with with cal looked a little bit janky to me and left a bit mm. to be desired a little um, bit blank yeah was, a bit, bit of a lower pixel count there or something i don't know it's it's alpha game footage yeah 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 but you'd think you'd think they'd have as much polish on that now to get that initial hook uh for for this big event and get the get the hype like it looks good it, ah. it felt very much like um the force unleashed to me with a with a prettier skin and instead of playing you know darth darth vader's secret apprentice you're playing a, a nice you know positive jedi influence there's, so yeah there's there's point. like I, I i'm a bit conflicted about this one so um so i watched the full um 30 minutes including the interview that greg miller did with the the two guys from respawn i think that it had the game director stiggers mustn't and then some other guy um so this is there's a few things here which I think 
are really frustrating as a sort of Star Wars geek. The first is that this is considered canon. This is law, this game. And it takes place mm. It takes place after Order 66, which happens in Episode 3. And if you're going to like point to a Star Wars film and say, which one do I think this looks most like? It's kind of Episode 3 with how action-y it is with everything mm-hmm. that's happening. Um, you got to first look at BD, which is the new droid. BD's kind of cute. He is pretty I'll cute. I'll say that. BD's pretty cute. Um, they had like a little mock BD on stage there. But the the double jump, the wall running and the slow time mechanic, like the way they introduced this 15 minutes of gameplay was this is about three hours into the game. The character that you're playing, Lars, is actually a Jedi Padawan who survived the Order 66 massacre. And so he's still got to discover and go on his journey to be ultimately what a Jedi is. So like you'd expect, okay, so he's still figuring things out. This guy fights better than any Jedi I've ever seen in my fucking life. Are you kidding me? The way this guy <laughs> stops everything, he's doing, and like they've got like a really good player playing the game, but like the mechanics this guy is utilizing, you don't see this anywhere in Star Wars. Like this is like, you're just magic now. Like there's no, there's nothing else there. Like whatever you want to do, they'll make it happen now. And, I, and like that it's considered lore is just, it, it just kind of hurts that little bit more like you don't see wall running anywhere as far as i can remember and i'm pretty sure that's correct and you don't see well, double that's, jumping that's anywhere. probably and they, you know that's from the respawn you not, know from I, um yeah. titanfall i know i know <laughs> yep. and like and the fucking the guys had the audacity to be like oh yeah the double jump we're, we're so glad that we got to add the double jump it's called the force force jump push kick force wind jump or something like they gave it like a force name like every jedi had access to this the whole time but no one thought to do it <laughs> It's just so... It's kind of cheap. It's really cheap. Um, I thought that some of the animations looked a little bit off. Like there's a, a downwards attack where he jumps and goes down. You'd think that'd be like some kind of like downward stab, right? But it's just sort of like a... It's it's like a ground attack. It's nothing cool specific about that. I thought it was interesting that some people also compared this to Dark Souls. That killed me. <laughs> that, that is so dumb. fucking killed me. <laughs> Like I was watching Twitter as this play? was happening and people were like, oh, it looks great. Like a lot like Dark Souls. You've, oh. I just anyway. don't think people know what that means anymore. They just yeah. say it. <laughs> so, like, yeah. It's just so like, it's just so like clickbaity. It's just the buzzword that people, mm. people are using. Uh, but even like, I think even Greg Miller couldn't help himself. Like he literally said after the footage was shown, he said, I thought he'd be weaker as a Jedi. Like, that's what he said. Like, I ah, mind blown watching this. I think it looks like a good game. It looks like a fun game. They're going to be wrong. Just this, like, Star Wars canon. It's like, ugh. And they also confirmed that there's no Sith. Like, you can't, you can't go evil. You can only go good, which is kind yeah. of boring to me. Anyway. Yeah, we know that's the path you like to walk. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I like to have the well, option. May- maybe... Maybe for this this sort of alpha footage that they are showing, maybe they have max leveled all his abilities in the skill tree. So I'm that's sure, why he's so gangster look, to start with. I'm sure that that's a possibility, but I just I hate the idea that they introduce these things. They call it law, and then you sit down and you say, well, you know, where was this built into any of the films? Like, where was this built in anywhere in the past? Like, why don't you just Instead of like creating new shit that's cool and zany, why don't you work within the constraints of the universe that the people love and come up with some cool things that way? Like work with a tighter scope. Don't just say, yeah, he can double jump and he can wall run and he can do all this other stuff. It's just bullshit. Anyway. What's, uh, what are the odds that we're going to see some of this in, um, 
in the next Star Wars film at the end of the year. Now we'll see a couple of double jumps and a, and a wall run. Uh, <laughs> I like it's it's like a dollar fifty. It's probably pretty good considering Disney are uh, pretty happy. Like, yeah, I just uh, I I don't know. I was a bit I was a bit surprised by some of the decisions, but again, it it looks good. It just looks easy and cheap and 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 not like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. One one thing I saw that that sort of raised my eyebrows a little bit um sort of i've been doing a little bit of reading and uh Eurogamer sort of were talking about what we didn't see like what they saw behind the scenes from the demo and apparently like the, there's a big show uh, focus on on the player's ship and your traveling companions and things like that but from one thing that they're saying suggests is your uh the possibility to journey back to previous planets and adventures so you aren't sort of just stuck on that linear path, you can potentially go back or, or tackle things in orders that you'd like, which I think could be pretty cool. Being able to sort of planet hop and, and discover things at your own pace, I think that could be pretty fun. Uh, you know, yeah. a la like a Mass Effect. Um, and then obviously the skill tree menu. Just looking you, for you anything to scratch to that these, itch, aren't you? Yeah. Any, anything, <laughs> mate. I'm like a crack fiend. I'm like, I, I need that it's shepherd. Like, I need yeah. that shepherd. Check out Star Wars Fallen Order. It's like Dark Souls meets Mass Effect. <laughs> oh, that, no. That's on the box art. Like, Oh God. My name's Cal and I endorse this message at the Citadel. My, my head hurts. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see that that skill tree, see exactly what you can do and if they did just open it up for the the wow factor in that demo. Because yeah, it would suck if you are three hours into the game and you are this this god mode Jedi that can just wreck shop without without sort of any form of hesitation. But I think they're just gonna gradually open that that sort of skill tree up for that final battle where you are. I don't think so. True Jedi. Actually, you know what? Thinking, I really don't think so because the things we're talking about are locked to the terrain. You need to do those things to get through the map. Like if you think about oh, it, I think, he has I think to the wall jumps, run. Yeah. He has to wall run. He has to double jump, and he has to force stop things to get through that map. It's not combat related. So I, I think you're right. I think like the that maybe there are some aspects of it that are dialed up for E3, but that stuff is. 100% locked in at that point. Well, yeah, in the old I, I games, think... you had to build it up, like, for how long or how strong you were, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe you that's do. what they'll do. No, but uh, but that's... I, I don't think so. Like, again, it just wouldn't work. There's no other way to get through that map without those powers. Yeah, I think, I think maybe from the jump, you're going to have those movement-based abilities. But, yes. yeah, maybe the... the um, you know, force throws and, and things like that. Maybe you'd get those via the skill trees, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, it still looked all right. And I'm still I'm still keen. I, I love me some Star Wars and I love me some sort of, uh, you know, third person sort of hack and slash uh, action sort of RPGs. So uh, let's see how we go. Because uh, that comes out in November as well. It releases the same day as uh, the next bit of news that we wanted to talk about. Uh, Apex Nintendo Legends. Direct Sword. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's probably not too much to say, to be honest. Apex Legends uh, highlighted season two of uh, Apex Legends. They also revealed their 10th legend, a French scientist known as Watson. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's about all we got from there. Uh, she looks still looks good. She is pretty cute. She looks pretty meta-defining, to be honest. Like, her, she's got this, like, um, shield that she sets up. It's like a fence. She sets up this electric fence that you can't you can't pass through without, like, getting stunned. So, yeah, it's sort of a, a shock and slow when you sort of punch through that door there. Yeah. Like it, looked, it looked interesting. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> um, 
they did also reveal a bunch of skins. I, I thought this was weird. They um they advertised a double XP weekend that ends on June 9th, which if you're um, tomorrow playing at home. <laughs> well, today's today's June 9th. Tomorrow's June 9th if you're yeah in the in the States. I thought that was a bit annoying. Clearly <laughs> marketing yeah. could have got ahead of that. Um <laughs> anyway. Apex Legends. Great game, yeah. but I don't even know where the player base is for that game anymore. I've sort of I haven't played it in a month or so. Uh, but I still enjoyed it every time I did. But uh, yeah, the last bit of news I thought we could uh, we could tackle today comes via way of the Nintendo Direct that aired this past week, and it goes around Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm. Ton of reveals. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield obviously is dropping on November fifteenth, the same day as Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's available to pre-order now, uh, and you can also pre-order it in a special bundle pack. And via the way of Pokemon Direct, I'm going to handball this over to the Dream because you are well adversed in this uh, Pokemon goodness. Well versed. I didn't I catch the Direct. I just watched sort of the trailer online and things. The so Dream, take it away. All right. You are listening to me talk about Pokemon because uh, we did get a ton of stuff coming out in the in the Direct. I was surprised by how much they showed. But I was a bit annoyed that we didn't get the evolutions. What we did uh, did get, though, was we got uh, introduced to the new sort of mega power um, that's going <laughs> to be going to be uh, available to players in this game. And by God, is it mega? It's called Dynamax. So in addition to uh, growing your Pokemon to gigantic kaiju size like actually huge as far maybe maybe we've missed the the note this could be after godzilla versus kong it's going to be godzilla versus snorlax or something like that it's well it, be could, it could also jo- dynamax explain, snorlax it could also explain that. a little something in detective pikachu too um hey no spoilers. yes yeah if there was ever a reason to go back and watch that film this might be it but i don't think it's good enough don't watch that film I think you cracked the case there, Dream. Um, yeah, man, I'm on. I'm on it, man. I'm on it. Forget you, Ryan Reynolds. Um, so Dynamax, it, it empowers your Pokemon for three turns. You can only use it once per match, um, but it looks like you can use it on just about any Pokemon, and it looks like gym leaders have access to it as well. Um, in addition to you and gym leaders, though, you, you, there are going to be raid-style battles where you can play with other players against Dynamax. Pokemon, Pokemon that are all empowered by this. And when you're battling them, they're permanently empowered. Um, so it is going to be a tough fight. I do like that they've got this sort of raid style battle um, mechanic in the game now. It's very, very cool. Uh, there will be some Pokemon, they've said, which are exclusively available only through Dynamax battles. So there's a, definitely a reason to get into it if you're looking to, uh, to fill out that Pokedex. There were seven new Pokemon revealed. Don't ask me their names. One of them's a sheep. One of them's a, a steel crow. Wooloo. Wooloo. Yeah, Wooloo. Wooloo. One of them's a steel crow. Corviknight. Corviknight looks cool. Mm-hmm. Corviknight is also your taxi oh. service around Galar region. That was cute. That was cool. I thought that was adorable. And it, it, um, it makes it seem as though they're definitely not going to go ahead with HMs. They seem to have scrapped it. It's definitely the trend in the last few core games um particularly sun and moon and the let's go series so no more hms it's all going to be pokemon sort of services like the corviknight taxi service um what else did we see we saw two new legendaries revealed so this was big news um one of them's a dog with a sword in his mouth his name is uh zacian or zacian 
So if you imagine like Suasun with a, a sword in its mouth, that's that guy. The other one is called Zamazenta. And this is if you imagine a dog that's got a cone around its head because it's just had stitches. But instead of it being a cone, it's a shield. That's Zamazenta. <laughs> they that's both a good, have, way to, good way to describe it. You liked it? <laughs> <laughs> they both have... Um, like they, they seem to have like an ultra form because at the end of the cinematic trailer, they sort of beast mode a bit and like empower, like the sword gets like, it changes size and it's bigger and Zamazenta's shield gets larger. Um, but the way the cinematic trailer plays out, it appears that there's also like a, another threat out there that they didn't quite reveal because both of those legendaries are reacting to something that seems a bit stronger. Um, beyond that, the the region looks good i think it's um it looks cool as shit like they've they've shown us that random encounters are definitely happening but we saw in this um like in this video that there are actually pokemon just wandering about the world as well and they didn't show you engaging those pokemon but it seems as though you might be able to engage them for also (laughs) yeah just like let's go yeah just like let's go that said the pokemon sun and moon series also had pokemon um wandering around the worlds just to sort of add a bit of you know atmosphere to the place and make it seem like it's not just people standing in the same spot waiting for you um so that could also be the case it doesn't seem to be confirmed at the moment there's also an unconfirmed chipmunk pokemon that is on the shirt of some kid in uh in in the stadium footage um people suspect that this might be like the new pikachu of this particular series like a cute little pokemon um that'll be the mascot of uh, shield and sword and i think that's about it yeah that's about it it looks cool i really like the look of this game i think it i think it's it's going to be like a really fun pokemon experience it looks pretty fantastic like we're finally getting that open worlds pokemon rpg that we've been like hanging for since the end of the 90s you know we're mm. finally getting there where the roads are roads are meeting it looks great uh the two legendaries you know fair enough obviously there's a lot of dog-based <laughs> memes circulating the internet now with which are great which are fantastic i've got really no like or dislike towards either of them they just look meh to me but you know it yeah. is what it is there's only so many creatures and creative ways you can create little animals for these worlds anyway so uh- yeah, cool. Maybe maybe the sword should have been its tail instead of it Thank being you. its mouth. Thank you. Well, it, it continues yeah. this tradition in Pokemon where Pokemon come with objects, right? Yeah, like bloody... Um, what's like the if, one that holds the leak? Yeah, like oh, uh, Farfetch'd. Farfetch'd with yeah. the leak, Cubone with the skull. Like you think of... Um, oh, what was another one? Yeah. Like... I don't know. I'm drawing a blank, your, actually. Your starter Pokemon and this one has a stick. The the monkey one, the grass type, he has a stick. Mm. Yeah. Does yeah, it? So, mm. Yeah, just, just bring, bring, in, bring in weapons to Pokemon battles. It's uh, The lines are getting blurred here. <laughs> yeah. like, Pikachu brings a gun. The, the, um, the thing you can do now, you mentioned already that it drops on November 15. You, you can pre-order a double pack, which I don't know if which they've done that idea. before. Yeah, I think it's a good idea as well, but um, that way you can get the exclusives because no doubt there's going to be a dozen or so Pokemon on both versions of the game that are only available on said versions. So yeah, but like the trading, the trading in Pokemon is actually really 
It's fucking hilarious, actually, because you can get a Mewtwo for like a Weedle. Like there are people out there trading legendaries for nothing, and you just need to jump on that that trade global trade network and just find the thing you're looking for. It's not too hard. There's not definitely I, you can get by with one. Pokemon but... Black Market. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's, it's, it's the it's game. Web. It's all it's all <laughs> in game. Yeah. Anyway, I need to check that out because I haven't I haven't sort of explored that in in Let's Go Eevee at all the online trading component of it. I I've completely just You'll be avoided surprised. it and just kept going. You'll be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see what kind there. of steel I can find this week. I'm going to boot that sucker up this week and see what I can track down for you know the cheapest cheapest possible price. I just want to say, I actually originally before this um, had no interest in this game at all, none. Um, but seeing the um, the wild area or is that what they called the wildlands wild area where yeah. between region or like between stadiums and towns and everything is that just that open area very yeah. like reminiscent for me of like Zelda like this is big vast fields and everything so you're right it I'm does. actually pretty keen on that and um, also yeah doing like raid style battles and battling with friends and you yeah. know online local whatever that's pretty cool too. And no. shout out to the uh, the giant Pokeballs for those uh, Dynamax <laughs> battles where they try and yeah. capture that big Gyarados and the Pokeballs yes. the size <laughs> of the car. is like... <laughs> Ultimate strength. <laughs> yeah. No, but so I'm good. actually keen. Yeah. Just tough. Drop it on the 15th, same as uh, Fallen Order. So, you know, two day one pickups uh, for me. Mate, I can tell you what I would pick for sure would not be Fallen po- Order. Pokemans? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those pocket monsters. Hey, I they're not pocket you, monsters you know what? anymore. I'm gonna fucking huge. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now. I think Fallen Order will be wholly disappointing. Ooh. Yeah, I think mm, I think that it's gonna piss off the Star Wars tragics because of just the law, just how it's savaging the law, and then I think it's just gonna frustrate general gamers because it just it just looks bland. You know, yeah, it didn't pick a lane. It just decided to just do what it wanted with both. I think it'll mm. be disappointing this Star Wars Fallen Order game. Yeah, I think probably, we need more. Probably valid, valid. I don't want to cast too much doom and gloom over this episode right at the end. But I, yeah, I like I, I'm very mad at that 15 minutes of footage I saw. Actually, the more I think about it. <laughs> that said, I do I'm going to write an angry, I think you angry guys, letter to the editor. Yeah, I think you guys know me well enough now to know that I, I generally do this to myself. <laughs> so um, anyway, we'll see. But that's that's my prediction. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Obviously, we'll we'll see more and more as we crawl closer to that uh, November fifteenth launch date. I don't know if we'll see much more over the next few days at E three, but. Yeah, there will be certainly more gameplay and, and dev diaries and things popping out. There will be something different shown at Microsoft, actually. They did say that during the Xbox, they're going to show uh, more and more different footage. So there, oh, nice. There will be okay. more, yeah. We will there get we go. another look. So hold on to your butts, people, because, uh, yeah, you can be listening to this episode or at least an hour of it just before the Microsoft uh, E3 showcase. So, uh, yeah. 5am hopefully those people that are awake early get on get your hungry games fix and then check out the microsoft presser which apparently they're already teasing their new console oh yeah can't wait oh yeah scarlet day one pre-order for this guy go team Scar- green well scarlet isn't scarlet red it's a red color 2019 red green is the biggest year in gaming 
<laughs> Phil Spencer. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. It's happening. Love you, Phil. Love you, <sighs> Phil. All right. So it's this happening. has been episode 154 of the Hunger Games podcast. Thank you all for stopping by. Is there anything you two wanted to say before we uh, close this one up for another week? Uh, I actually don't think I have anything to plug apart from just keeping your eyes out for our uh, 8-bit cast. Oh, yeah. Check that out. And while you're checking out things, checking out good things, audiotechnica.com.au for the best in audio-based equipment. We're talking gaming headsets. We're talking microphones. We're talking headphones, in-ear, over-ear, turntables if you feel like putting a bit of vinyl on at home. Maybe you want to try and be a DJ. Who knows? It's it's all there. Audiotechnica.com.au. And while you're checking out some cool stuff, we are 8bit.storeenvy.com for our official 8-bit store. Uh, we've got clothing, we've got artwork, we've got pillows, we've got beach towels, you name it. We have got a bit of 8-bit to cover your entire home, maybe a vehicle too, maybe out the beach. It's all there. So we are 8bit.storeenvy.com to uh, throw yourselves some support behind us in the way of fantastic quality merch. I thought you were going to say something there, Miss Hart. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> deep in thought thinking so, about all that good looking stuff oh yeah so I have been Brendan you can find me at Brendan 8bit you can find Ali at Miss Ali Hart you can find The Dream at Salim TD and you can find us all as a collective at We Are 8bit be sure to search the hashtag 8bit collective for all the other podcast links from all the other fantastic content creators that we're working with on the daily but until next week 8bit nation much love stay hungry You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.